you have to listen to that whisper inside of you, right? And I think so many times in life we go through, I got to do this or be that person or walk in this way that sometimes we almost don't ask ourselves, what do I really want? Right. And I think that's one of the biggest questions I've always gone back to is like, what do I really want? And if you ask yourself that three, four, five times, you're going to really start to dig deep on what is that you really want. Welcome to the Clear Choices Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Eigner, and it is my unique privilege to bring you intriguing conversations with people who have made the bold choices necessary to elevate their lives and create a positive impact on the world. By hearing their stories, I hope you walk away more motivated and more inspired to do the same in your life. Because we all have choices to make. My goal is to help inspire you to make more conscious and powerful choices, clear choices. Now let's get started. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you're a fan of the show, make sure you leave a review, rate the show, and share it on social media. It does a a great deal to help us build our audience. And by the way, if you like some of the guests that you've heard and you have some ideas on others that might be a great fit, please email me directly at rob at robeigner.com. That's R-O-B at R-O-B-A-I-G-N-E-R.com and uh, send me some guest ideas. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Hello, Clear Choices listeners. Another great episode of Clear Choices coming your way. I have a a guest that I'm very excited to present to you, and I kind of need it more myself this week. So I'm uh, always wanting to give value to you, the listeners, but I've had kind of a rough week, you know, and this guy is going to help us get some focus and find some joy and happiness in our life. So so this is really all about me this time. No, I'm kidding, but I am kind of <laughs> looking forward to it. Um, so our guest today is Stu Massingale. And he is a young gentleman who's on a mission to change the statistics that 80% of people don't love what they do. And he wants to help turn those numbers around. So 80% of people actually fall in love with what they're doing. Uh, He's a peak performance strategist for none other than Tony Robbins. And he's the founder of the Finding Direction podcast, on which I have been a guest. It was a great podcast. Through his podcast and university, he helps people go from being lost in life to creating a life full of passion and fulfillment. As a high achiever under the age of 30, Stu has accomplished many things from building an eight-figure business at 20 years old to beating cancer at 24. Uh, Stu brings a great deal of passion and heart to creating lasting impact across the globe. Stu, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Rob. I am beyond excited to be here with you. You're awesome. And I, I wish, you know, this is a podcast, but if people could see your amazing smile, I'm already feeling a little bit better. <laughs> so, um, okay. So let's talk about happiness and joy and finding your focus, right? So spoiler alert, you know, 2020 was kind of a rough year. I know that's a shock. Um, <laughs> it was, it was difficult for a lot of Americans. And I looked at some statistics in preparation for you coming here today and U.S. Uh, residents are more unhappy than they've ever been. Again, not um, not surprised. And so here's some numbers. 14% of American adults say they're very happy. That's a pretty low number. That's not your 80% that you're looking yeah. for. Um, yeah. And that's down from 31% who said they were happy in 2018. So that gives you a sense of the drop. 23% say they feel isolated. And now uh, 50% say that in 2020. 
So, so two years later, 50% of people feel isolated. There's also a lot of, you know, effort in our society for people to try to find happiness. I mean, there's joy and happiness courses at Harvard and Yale. And, you know, we'll get into some of the things that make people happy and versus what they think make people happy. But, you know, I, I, I gave you a lot of information there to, to address, but how do you deal with this? How, how are you helping people find these, these uh, yeah. unattainable, uh, seemingly uh, uh, outcomes? Yeah. So I'm going to kind of look at this in two different aspects. First, happiness, then loneliness. And it's interesting because even saying those two words for me right now, the the motion that internally was invoked in me is I can remember the day where I felt so unhappy in my life. And I can remember a day when I felt so lonely. And it's funny, I was having this conversation with my girlfriend a couple of weeks ago that I think it was probably 10 years ago, I kind of got introduced to personal development and I was at this conference and there was this guy, Joseph McLennan III, and he had this book. And I don't remember exactly what the book was called, but it was called like How to Be Happy. And I remember being at this conference and just being like, I like I need to read this book because I'm not happy and I want to be happy. And I've never, I've, I've never since read the book. I never actually read it. But something that I've stumbled throughout in my life that has allowed me to be happier regardless of what's going on in the world. And just like the statistics say in today's world, because of COVID happiness has gone down is sort of two ways that I've, I've looked at it. And one is there's this saying, and it goes, the people that are happiest in life are not the people that go to the moon and get happiness from that, but it's the people that find joy and happiness and someone smiles every single day. And so in the small things, basically in, in the small things, like you look at every astronaut that's ever gone to space, they come back and they get depressed. You look at every Olympian that's gone to the Olympics. Every's a over-exaggeration probably, but the majority of, of Olympians that have gone to the Olympics and come back, they've come back depressed. And that's gotta be because of a letdown. Well, even when they won. No, but I no, no. What I mean is they built towards the Olympics for so long yeah. that once that culminated, there was a letdown, whether they won or not. Right. Because after it's like, well, what next? Like I just climbed Mount Everest. I just went to the moon. I just won the Olympics. What What's next? You know? So I think that's one thing is every single day I'm looking at how can I find happiness in that I have air in my lungs? How can I find happiness that I woke up today, that my eyes opened? How can I find happiness in having a conversation with a stranger in a grocery store and asking them how their day was? And, and just the thought of somebody caring how their day actually was, because most people don't ask that, that brings happiness to me that I get to make them happy by be genuinely interested in them. So that's one way. And another quote that I read, and this is when I was in high school. And again, I wasn't really that happy that often. And it sucked is I read this quote one day on the internet, big, big quote. And part of it was every moment you spend sad is a moment of happiness. You'll never get back. And when I read that, it like hit me like a ton of bricks. It was like, holy crap. Like Every moment you're sad or depressed or angry or, or, or whatever it is, that's a moment of happiness that you're never going to get back. And so I would just say those are a couple of things you could do with happiness and to touch on the loneliness and not go too, too deep down a rabbit hole. I went to a Tony Robbins events. This was before I worked with him. And it was all about what are our values that we move towards in life and what are our values that we move away from? Like, what are the things we get most excited to feel, whether that's happiness or love or success? And what are the things that we want to stay away from most? Which one of mine was loneliness. 
And you go through this process and it was many days, right? Many hours each day. It was like 14 hour days for six days. It was heavy. But the takeaway that I got from that to just specifically look at the loneliness piece was reframing what makes me feel lonely, right? Because if we ask ourselves, what makes, what makes you feel lonely? Sometimes we may go, well, I feel lonely every time I'm by myself. If you just listen to that for a second, if you say that I feel lonely every time by myself, you're going to be by yourself often. If you say I'm lonely every time I, every time someone doesn't look me in the eyes, I feel lonely or, or whatever it is. Sometimes we set up rules in our life that make it so easy for us to feel pain. Mm-hmm. And so the whole takeaway from this was how can we make it harder to feel pain and easier to feel love, right? And the way I walked away with this, and I don't, I might get a little confusing here, but the new way, the new rule I created for me feeling lonely was, this is it. I will feel lonely only if I believe the hallucination that someone's in control of me feeling lonely when the truth is I get determined if I want to be by myself or if I want to be with people. And I would add, I would add, Stu, and I love that uh, approach or that mindset, but I would also say, and I don't mean this to sound negative. It's actually to me comforting. You know, we're always alone, meaning, you know, we're always to ourselves, right? So even when I'm surrounded by hundreds of people at a party, I'm still by myself in my head. And so for me, that's actually kind of comforting because it's like I can choose to relish the dinner or movie alone. And I can also choose to relish when I am connecting with people there. I'm, I'm equally within myself in both scenarios. Yeah. And, And I think it's too, it's like COVID we've all been by ourselves more than ever. I think maybe we look at this as rather than, and again, this it's a choice that you make. Is it, am I going to feel lonely or is it I'm by myself? So I might as well learn a little bit more about myself, learn to love myself easier because even when COVID unfolds, yeah, I'm going to go back to quote unquote normal. But just like you said, I'm still going to be by myself at the end of the day. So why not use this as an opportunity to to learn a little bit more about ourselves? Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, I love what you said too, about the small things. It reminds me of a, a something I've mentioned on my show before, but I, you know, we have a gratitude jar in our house and particularly, that. particularly when I'm having a rough day or something you know, something disappointed me, something didn't go the way I wanted. I like grab a pad of paper and I tear it up into four pieces and I go, okay, I'm going to force myself to add four things to the gratitude jar just to make me feel better. You know, and it might just be, you know, coffee or taking a hot tub or whatever it is. And I'm like, that's, that's, that's going to reset my mindset, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I have something that's called a smile file and it's on my computer And basically what it is, is from all the work that I've done in my life, anytime someone said a nice comment or said, you know, thanks so much for the work you do, you're really helping people or just anything like that, that would make me smile. I put it in a file on my computer. And anytime I'm having one of those down days, I open the smile file and all of a sudden I'm like, holy crap. Like, and now I'm smiling again and my life's good. There you go. So So very similar. Yeah. Very similar. I love that Uh, smile file. I'm going to, I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to steal that. Have you ever thought about hosting your own podcast? This episode of Clear Choices is brought to you in partnership with Libsyn, powerful podcast hosting, the podcast hosting, distribution, and monetization platform since 2004. Use promo code CHOICES and you can get over one month of free services. Go to Libsyn.com, promo code CHOICES. 
So, so you had cancer at a young age and you can tell us yeah. whatever you want to tell us about that. But my first question around it is how did that shape or reshape your life view and your view on happiness? Yeah. So to give a little bit of background, so I kind of where I was at in my life is I was with a company for several years and I was basically like running my own business and built this company, was very successful, thought it was what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And then basically in a matter of a day, really, uh, that was kind of ripped out from my under, under my feet saying, this is not what you're doing anymore. You can't do this anymore. And all of a sudden overnight, I went to this place of what the heck's my purpose? Why am I here? What am I doing with my life? And so the route that I kind of took was I'm going to go travel, right? You know, you hear all these stories, I'm, people going to travel and discover who they are. And I was always interested in action sports, snowboarding, skateboarding. So I was like, I'm going to go to New Zealand, the action sports capital of the world. So I, long story short, end up in Bali for three weeks by accident, finally get to New Zealand. And day two of being in New Zealand, just to be transparent, I noticed something was not wrong, was not right with my guys downstairs, if, if you catch my drift, if you're listening. And so <laughs> I had a skydive appointment in the morning. So I'm like, I got to go skydive because who knows what this, and I did some Google searches and I saw the, the C word pop up, but I was like, I got the skydive appointment. I'm going to go skydive because I'm in New Zealand and it's going to be beautiful. And it was epic. So I did that in the morning, went to the hospital and sure enough, after like two days of tests, they do the whole, you know, sit you down in a room, sir. You know, we found something. It's it's either benign, meaning it's nothing, or it could be testicular cancer. And so we suggest you get back on the next plane ride, go home, see your doctor. And so I flew home, saw my doctor the next, or let, let me, let me, let me interrupt Stu. I'm sorry. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being you're a basket case and one, you're calm as a cucumber. How freaked out were you? Two. Oh, that's pretty good. And I, I am such a big believer and this is something that helped me get through the whole cancer process. I'm healthy today, which is amazing. But I'm such a big believer that everything in your life happens for a reason and it happens for the right reason at the right time. And so I was supposed to be in New Zealand for seven months, exploring this country, traveling. Like I, I spent the prior six months doing sales and making a bunch of money so I could do this. And then two days into the trip, I get told I need to fly home. But for me, what went through my head is okay, this is happening for a reason. Like, there's a greater reason that this is happening. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to follow this because this is what's supposed to happen. So I wasn't really freaked out. I believe that I'm, that I'm supposed to do something in this world. And so for me, I knew it wasn't going to kill me. I just knew it was going to be part of my story. And so, yeah, so, you know, I flew home and long story short, went through about six months of surgery and recovery and six to eight months and then was cancer free. And, and I think Again, two of the biggest things was rather than going through cancer and saying and, and letting my mind go, oh, this could happen, that could happen, I could, you know, all these things. The main focus I had was this is happening for a reason. And I'm nice. gonna get through this and this is gonna be part of my story. And I think because of that, it allowed me to get through it in much a smooth, much smoother of a process. And then the second biggest thing that helped me and for anybody that's going through the cancer or has family going through cancer, maybe this can be helpful is probably the scariest part for me was I went to the doctor officially was told you have cancer came home and I have an older brother who's he's my best friend. And I walked into our kitchen 
And he gets up from his chair, turns around and he looks at me and he just goes, holy crap, like you have cancer. And, and he gave me a hug. And what I heard was not holy crap, you have cancer. What I heard was holy crap, like you might die. And I am such a big believer that the seeds we plant in our mind grow and that creates our life. And so as soon as he said that, and even as soon as I walked out of the exam room with my parents, I told them the same thing. Don't treat me like I have something I'm going to die. Don't treat me like I have something that can kill me. Because if you plant that seed in my brain, that seed can grow and that can lead to a really bad place. And so let's just, let's just not even entertain that thought. I love and that. I think that's, that's so powerful. So powerful. Yeah. And it translates into so many places in life, right? Like whether it's something we're trying to accomplish or do in our life, if we entertain the seed of I could fail or this might not work out, that seed's going to continue to grow. So you, you have to cut it. And so doing that with everyone that was close to me was by far the best thing that happened for me. Cause then I didn't have every day people coming up to me going, Oh my God, you might die. You might die. And then letting that seed grow is just like, Oh, cool. You're, you're doing this thing. You got surgery next week. Like no worries. We're going to get through this. What you focus on expands. Absolutely. So yeah. that's, that's, that's a, an amazing uh, telling and a, a very positive and powerful telling of something that can be, you know, devastating and paralyzing for many people. So I really commend you for going into it and out of it uh, with such positivity. So I'm going to just pivot for a second. So, um, and, and I don't mean this to sound negative, but I'm going to kind of say something that's sort of stereotypical, right? So like Tony Robbins is awesome. Right. And, and, yeah. and there's, and there's other, there's other motivational speakers and, 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 and leaders of that kind that are awesome. But one of the things that I've found, cause I've gone to various events and, um, of different types and I've gotten value out of all of them. And what I've always noticed is, you know, you go to a big event and you're all pumped up and it lasts for a month or two months, it lasts for some amount of time and then it kind of wears off and you need to either go to a different one or go back to the same one or something, you know, it, it wears off. So yeah. talk to me about that phenomenon since you're so entrenched in the Tony Robbins sort of experience. Yeah. So I, I would say the best analogy I've ever heard is imagine you go to the gym, you, you lift the dumbbells, you do, you do some bench press, you do a couple crunches and you leave the gym and you go, oh my goodness, I'm going to have a six pack for life. I'm going to be ripped. I'm going to be shredded. Anybody that said that in a normal conversation with another human, the other human would go, You're crazy. Uh, are, yeah, are you, are you okay? Are you, <laughs> you know, they'd be like, what's going on? And so sometimes what happens in the personal development world is we do, whether it's an event or we read a book or, you know, we study something and for a week, a month, maybe even longer, it really does change our life, right? And we have some things that are, are the quality of our life changes. We learn strategies that help us and we learn all these things. But then after a certain amount of time, we can go back to the, to the way we were before that. Now, the way to get past this is just like if you want to be fit, you go to the gym four to five days a week minimum, right? And, and you're putting in the work, you're, you're lifting the weights, you're doing the activity, just like you do that for the gym, you have to do that for yourself. Yeah. Like, like someone once told me this saying, and it's, it's kind of different, but in the same line is that most humans spend 90% of their money neck down. Mm -hmm. And, and in the same sense, it's their time. Most people spend 90% of their time neck down. They're spending it on, how do I look better? How do I get this purse that makes me look this way? When the reality is it's all up top. It's, it's, it's all in your mind. And so what my mentor Jim Rohn taught me 
is he said, we don't do personal development because we're weak. We do it to remain strong. Mm-hmm. And I think some people, when it goes to the space, they go, oh, no, I don't need help or I don't need this or that or the other. One of the biggest breakthroughs I had in my life was when I went to an event and I, my muscles were strong. I was in this world. I was building muscle. And I went, I'm not going to go to this because I need help or I need to be fixed or I'm broken. I'm just going to do this because I do it, not because I'm weak, but to remain strong. And the, the takeaway I got from that has changed my entire life. It's the reason I have the podcast I have now. It's the reason I do some of the coaching I do now. It's the reason I work with Tony Robbins. And it was all because I was willing to take the stance of, I'm going to keep building my muscles. Even when I feel strong, I'm going to keep building my muscles. So that's just what I would say to people is find whether it's a daily practice or whether you say, you know, two times a year or even one time a year, I'm going to go to an event to better myself. Once a year, I'm going to do, I'm going to do something to build this muscle to make myself a better person. And if you just do that, whether it's a daily practice or once a year, immersed into something, your life's going to be massively different than just doing it once and expecting everything to change. I love that. That's very, uh, very logical and healthy, a healthy kind of response to that question. So, you know, obviously, you know, you, you, you do coaching, you're part of the Tony Robbins organization. You have your own podcast, Finding Direction. Tell people real quick where they're going to find that, by the way. Uh, yeah. So Finding Direction, you can go to iTunes, Spotify, anywhere that you can find podcasts. We're Finding Direction there. And yeah, you can find us everywhere over there. Awesome. So before I ask you and my next... Oh, go ahead. Quick, quick plug. Yeah. Go check out Rob's episode because Rob was on it last week. So... Well, that plug, you can, you know, you can just say that one again. I'm kidding. (laughs) So uh, before I ask you my next question, let me, let me share a little bit of more, you know, a little more data. I did, I did a tiny bit of research here preparing for you. So when you say in your bio, you know, that your focus is to help people find what they love. Okay. Yeah. And so in the research I did, on what makes people happy, you know, what do, what do people love that these are the things that I found. I want to see how it lines up with what your work tells you. And that is uh the three things that make people the most happy are close relationships, a, a job or a hobby that you know g- gives them meaning and helping other people. Those are the three key things. How does that line up with your experience? Yeah, I would say and this is again can you reframe the question for me one more time? Because I want to make sure I answer. Yeah, that. I mean the que- the question is your your goal in life, your mission statement is helping people find what they love. So I'm I yeah. guess the first question is do do the things that make people happy line up with those three examples I just gave? Yeah, so I, I would say the biggest thing when people want to create happiness or people want to find what it is that they want to do is we're kind of in a world today where there's more distractions. I call them shiny objects, right? There's things pulling your attention left, right? Whether it's social media, whether it's your friend did this, your, your cousin did that. And we're pulled in so many different ways that I think oftentimes we try to live in alignment with what does someone else want for me? Or what can I do to look like this person? Or what can I do to achieve a level of success like someone else? And one of the most interesting things that I've noticed is, and, and I was just having someone on my podcast right before we were on this one, And he said, you have to listen to that whisper inside of you, Mm. right? And I think so many times in life we go through, I got to do this or be that person or walk in this way that sometimes we almost don't ask ourselves, what do I really want, right? And I think that's one of the biggest questions I've always gone back to is like, what do I really want? And if you ask yourself that three, four, five times, you're going to really start to dig deep on what is that you really want. And so 
you know, I would say some of the things you mentioned, right? Like having contribution, like pouring in other people, that's absolutely a part that's going to keep you more fulfilled, right? So it, it's going to keep you happier, but also it's going to keep you fulfilled and fulfillment is huge. Now having beautiful relationships, that's something that I think regardless of what you're doing in life, you, you need to have the relationships. Now, if you're doing something that lights you up and you have those relationships, that's where you've, you've, you've met this perfect level. But if you're doing something you don't love and you do have incredible relationships, you're going to enjoy it because of the relationships, but you're not going to quite be at that sweet spot. And then you might stay there a little bit longer, ultimately getting to a point one day where you go, I love these relationships, but I, I, every Sunday I get, I, I just get the Sunday scaries, right. That I got to go back. And it's like, so the relationships are phenomenal. Yes. You need those. That's a massive part. But if you can get it in alignment with what is it that really lights you up, then, then absolutely that's the sweet spot. So, and the, yeah, go ahead. So I, I was just going to say, so walk, walk us through a little bit how you, so I, I get it. You ask people to ask that question maybe many, many times, but you know, it's not so easy to find the answer for everyone. Yeah. Uh, and so how do you, how do you guide them? Give us a little sample of how you might guide someone to kind of finding that place of joy, whether it's work or a passion or whatever it is. Absolutely. So the first part is you got to figure out what's your North star, right? It's like, there's a saying, it says you can't hit a target. You can't see. So if you have no idea where you're going, you're never going to get there. And so one of the ways that we help people figure out what, what that North star is, where's the direction they need to go is because there's so much quote unquote noise or shiny objects or whatever you want to call them in the world. Sometimes people get into the sense of there's so many things I could do. I just don't know which direction to look or to go or to move. When what we found out is the reality is that if you go back throughout your life, there's probably four, five, somewhere in that ballpark, things that you've continuously been attracted to or pulled towards. And would you call those kind of flow things or whatever? Yeah. So like, so I'll give a personal example for me. So growing up, I loved skateboarding, Uh, skateboarding, snowboarding. So action sports, that was one of the things I was pulled towards. Now, another thing that I was always intrigued by is my mom's a life coach. And I would always see her take people from literally like wanting to commit suicide to loving life. And to me, I was like, that is the coolest thing ever. So that was another thing I was kind of pulled towards. Another thing that I was pulled towards um, was entrepreneurship. I was the kid that like had sold candy in high school and did that whole stuff. So like, these were a couple different things that I was always intrigued by. And so that's the first thing that we kind of look at is we go back through your life and we say, what are these things that you've always been pulled towards? And then the second part of it to really figure out, well, which one of those is really the one you really want to engage in Mm -hmm. um, is it's all about experience, right? Like you could be there and you could sit there and you could go, well, I love action sports. So if I got in that world, I'm going to love it. It's going to light me up. I'm going to be excited every single day. Now that was my story. And I thought if I got into action sports and I worked for one of these companies and eventually one day owned one, that choice, that choice was going to make you happy. Yeah. I was like, that, that's, that was my ultimate goal for at least five years more like my entire life. And so one day I went rather than thinking that I'm going to try this. And so I went and I worked for Vans, the action sports company. And in a matter of weeks from working there, I started to ask myself this question. And this is a question that you can ask in two different ways. One way is when you're at what you're doing, ask yourself, if I woke up in five years and I was doing what my boss is doing, would I be just ecstatic? Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to be 
the employee. I wanted to be the owner. So the question I asked myself was if I woke up in five years and owned this company, Mm -hmm. would I be ecstatic and be like, holy, and Vans is the largest action sports company in the world, arguably. And so if I owned that company, I like really, really made it right. That's a far stretch. And when I asked myself that question, instantly I went, no, I want to help people. And the clarity I got because I tried it because I got in that world has now led me to what I do today. And it's allowed me to not just be doing what I'm doing today, but know, oh, I tried that. And I like doing that. I like the activities, but I don't want to work in that world. And it's like, I'll give one simple analogy to kind of close this is that I give this, I give people this kind of stupid analogy. And it's like, think of the first time you liked pizza that you found out you like pizza. Like, did you stand around the pizza and you're like, Ooh, that pizza looks good. Those pepperonis look delicious. You smelled it a little bit. You're like, smells good. Your friend walked by and he's like, yo, pizza's delicious. And you were like, you're right. I love pizza. Like, no, that's not the way you found out you like pizza. You tried a slice and you're like, Oh my God, pizza's good. I'm going to have this for the rest of my life. And so I believe, and, and with everybody I work with, that's the approach we take is how can we taste so many things and how can we do it quickly so that we can get it, get to our result faster, but it's ultimately through trying these different things. That's how you're going to get the, the result of, does this fit my taste buds or do my taste buds point me to somewhere else? I love that. That's great. Uh, tons of value here in, in maybe 20 minutes already. Um, I'm going to read you a quote that I picked for you and I just want to get your reaction to it. Okay. Please be happy. Not because everything is good, but because you can see the good in everything. Amen. Done. Episodes over. <laughs> Go bang. Drop. I'm literally. I'm literally gonna drop the mic. I'm kidding. <laughs> so, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, can you say it one more time? So it says, "Be happy, not because everything's not because everything is good, but because you see the good in everything." Yeah, I think that's the key. I mean, we we all in our life will go through a lot of crap, right? For lack of a better term, we're we're gonna have highs, lows. We're gonna have days that we feel on top of the world. And we're going to have days that we want to shrivel up in a little ball and not crawl out of bed. And we're all going to have those days. But at the end of the day, the the choice is like, what are you going to focus on? Mm -hmm. Right? Like there's, there's three decisions you make every single moment of your life. It's what are you going to focus on? What's the meaning that you give that? And then ultimately, what are you going to do from it? Like Mm -hmm. you take two people to go through cancer. One person goes, I got cancer. Crap. This is not good. Life's going to go in a bad place. I could die. You take another person that has cancer. It all happens for a reason. I'm going to get through it. This is not the end of me. This is part of my story. What's the meaning from that? One, this could be the end. The other, this could be the beginning. This could even be an opportunity. Ultimately, what's the action you take from that? Maybe both even get through cancer, but one person scarred from it from life. The other uses it a beautiful gift to touch other people. So it's always, what do you focus on? And what's the meaning? What are you going to do? I love that. So so Stu, you know, you're human, right? So you have all these, po- you have all these positive uh, ways of approaching life and it's really useful. And I, I already feel better after, uh, after our session so far today. But so, I, so when you do have a crappy day, you're, you're mad, you're sad, you're disappointed, something didn't go your way. What's your go-to choice to get you out of the funk? Hmm. How do you get yourself out of a funk? Yeah. So there's a couple different ways. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll just allow myself to feel like, like one of the biggest things that if I have some days where maybe I don't feel good, I allow myself to go, it's just one of those days. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be a great day. And I have less of those days. And I think the reason I have less of those days is 
and again, this is a conversation I was having with somebody the other day, but there's kind of this ideology that, you know, be happy all the time, be positive, do this. And it's one, it's one thing to do that if you've done the deep work to rid yourself of maybe some of the trauma that you went through as a kid or scars that you have, things that you didn't want to address that you've put down deep, deep, deep into your unconscious mind that maybe you don't know is affecting you, but is affecting you. It's one thing to work through all that and therefore be happy most of the time because you've worked on it and you really know who you are and you've learned to love yourself. It's another thing to go, I'm going to push that under the rug and I'm just going to put this happy face on. So I think for me, I've been immersed in a personal development the last 10 years and I've, I would not recognize the person I was 10 years ago from the person I am today because I've gone through so much deep work. I've cried. I've, I've broken through. I've had all these like just insane experiences all about how can I be a better person? How can I work on myself? And it's allowed me to be more positive. Now, that's kind of one way that I look at it. I'm being positive, right? Um, some days I go, it's just one of those days I'm going to get through it. And another thing you can do, and this is something Tony teaches, is, is it's about changing your physiology, right? So if you're sad, you're down, you're depressed, one of the quickest ways you can change your state and get back into a positive place is to move your body, to change your actual physiology. That's my go-to. Yeah. Like, and that could be, um, get yourself a little rebounder trampoline, put it in your house. And anytime you're, you're down, just jump on that and get your body moving. That could be throw on a song and just start dancing to it. That could be throw on a song. You like singing to and sing. It's like, I'm guilty of this. I'll be in my car. I'll be singing. I'll be belting it. And someone looks at me next in the car and I go, Oh, I'm talking on my phone. I'm just, you know, and so many people I think do this. And the reason that even if you're not good at singing, that you sing, is because motion creates emotion. Yeah. Right? Motion creates emotion. Think about anytime you're sad, you're depressed, you're curled up in a ball, your shoulders are slouched, you're breathing shallow, you're not moving much. You don't have much motion, therefore you don't have much emotion. So what you can do, right, is move your body, get some motion in your body, and that's going to allow you to change your emotion. I would say that's probably the quickest go-to way to really start to change uh, your state and get back into that place. Yeah, that's uh, that's always one of my go-tos for sure. So um, yeah. tons of amazing nuggets, you know, just I'm going to recap a little bit and then let you kind of close us out. So, you oh. know, you talked about having appreciation for the small things, talked about gratitude. We talked about focusing on the positive, not on the, on the negative. We talked about listening to that whisper inside and then getting your fingers dirty and whatever those whispers are yeah. telling you to dig into. So, uh, and then, and then what we just talked about is like movement can kind of change your, your mood literally. So anything else you want to say as we, as we close out, anything I didn't ask you that I should have? Not necessarily. I would say, you know, just that if you're listening to this and whatever you're going through, understand at the end of the day that, that you really do have a choice of what's the quality of your life going to be like, like one of the most incredible experiences I ever had in my life was I was building a business and I had a couple mentors that I worked with and they were very successful in everything they did. And one day I had this massive realization that if I'm successful in this business, it's my fault. And if I'm not successful, it's also my fault. And I think that translates into life, right? If, if you're happy, that's your fault. And, and fault may be a, a non-correlated word that usually goes with happy. Happy is my fault. But also, if you're not happy, that's your fault, right? If you're fulfilled in life, that's your fault. If you're not fulfilled, that's your fault. And yes, maybe you've gone through things in your life 
that are unimaginable. And that's, and, and my empathy goes out to you, but regardless of what we've been through in life, at the end of the day, we have a choice. Do we want to be happy? Do what kind of quality of life do you want to create for yourself? And I think already by you listening to Rob's podcast, you're making an incredible step in that right direction of, you know, how can I really create more light in my life opposed to more darkness? And I would say that's really just the message is, you know, choose to be happy on a daily basis and just, and just work on yourself. I would say if I can give one last thing to everybody, it's find one thing you can do for the next week to just work on yourself so that you can increase the quality of your happiness. Because at the end of the day, progress equals happiness. So again, you're here. This is day one. You're progressing. Let's go to day two, all the way to day seven and really get, create some of that happiness. Stu, that, that is awesome, awesome stuff. I can't help but tell you a quick little story before, before we say goodbye. And that is, you know, I had a, a mentor at one point in my life. It was actually someone I met in Al-Anon because I was going through Al-Anon because someone in my life was having an addiction problem. And I showed up at one of our coffees in a really poor mood. And he's like, how you doing? I'm like, well, you know, I got a parking ticket and traffic and I didn't get this job or whatever it was. And I was aggravated. And he's like, yeah, but how you doing right now? And I'm like, I just told you I'm aggravated, you know? And he goes, yeah, but right now we're sitting at Starbucks having a vanilla latte. So how are you doing right now? And I go, well, you know, I guess I'm doing okay. And he's like, well, you're here with me. You like me, right? You know, you like lattes, right? And whatever. And he's like, so right now you're pretty good. And I go, yeah, you're right. And so I've never, that's been, that was 20 years ago, more than 20 years ago. And I still think about it whenever I'm in a crappy mood about whatever I'm like, but how am I now? And right yeah. now doesn't matter what happened before I got on this broadcast with you right now. I'm, I'm, ha- I'm enjoying you and I'm enjoying doing what I do and asking questions and, and learning. And um, so right now I'm good. Yeah. And, and I think that's a beautiful way to look at it. Right. Don't, don't be in the past. Don't be in the future. Just be present and and in the moment. And uh, one other thing that I that I did want to share um, is, you know, for any of your listeners, if they wanted to kind of dive a little bit deeper into our world, I had our team put something together. And so, if they would want to kind of, if they find themselves in that place of struggle of I don't know what I want to do with my life or kind of feel like I'm in an ocean, don't know what direction I want to swim, um, we've created this document. It's called Three Steps to Finding Direction in Under Ten Minutes. And if they want to get access to that, totally free for everybody listening, you just go to findingdirectionuniversity.com forward slash three steps. Um, and we'll give that free to everybody. And again, it can help you get massive clarity in your life in just 10 minutes. So hopefully that can be helpful for anybody if you're kind of in that space of, of really finding that next step. I love it. Well, that'll be in the show notes and it'll be here on the recording. Stu, you're awesome. Thank you so much uh, for, for doing such a great show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Rob. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. If you've been inspired and motivated by what you heard today, please subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. Post it on social media, invite friends, and let me know if you have any potential guests. While you're there, leave us a review. We'd love to connect with you as well, so check out our Facebook page by searching Clear Choices. I'm available for speaking engagements, and you can find more information by visiting our website at clearchoices.live. And all this can be found in our show notes. Join us next week for more inspiring stories that can help us all make clear choices. Thanks for listening.